Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast, it's an also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic, you can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com, or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Factory TV, changing the channel. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red. To know anything about this Cochran? All I can tell you, mister, is watch out. Seasonal. He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Trick or treat, trick or treat. Hey, Mr. Cochran, just what is the final process? Fellas, I was just kidding. Witchcraft. To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. Hey! Where are they taking you? They're taking her to the factory. I want a mask. Can I have a mask? Uh, just what I had in mind for you, little buddy. Why, Cockers? Why? Do I need a reason? I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me! They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! Halloween. The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. Happy Halloween. Stop it!
three, season of the witch, the night no one comes home. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Welcome to Movie Sucktastic. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm Scott. That's Joey. Hey. And this and this is episode 180 something. 87. 87. That's what I meant to say. I know. Sure you did. <laughs> and we are reviewing Halloween Hall- Three, season, season of the Witch. Of the witch. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. It's, yeah. but, but still a personal favorite. You know what? Absolutely. Um, I actually did. Not a lot, but more homework than I usually do for oh. this movie. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, now, one of the conversations now. that we had now, one of now. the conversations that we had last week, um, and just in general, just from us being friends is that this film feels like a Carpenter film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, everything just has that Carpenter feel to it, and there's a reason why. And the reason why is because Carpenter, he didn't want any interest in directing a sequel at all, uh, specifically after the first film. So he wrote the, the second film, and who he originally wanted to direct it was the guy that directed this one, Tommy Lee Wallace. So he, they didn't get that. They got somebody else. Um, uh, I forget his name. But Carpenter, after the second film, it was a financially a success, but nowhere near what the first one did. He said to the studios, he said, listen, I don't want to make another Halloween film that has Michael Myers in it. So it was actually Carpenter's idea to not have Michael Myers in this movie because his initial idea was to turn the franchise into an anthology franchise. He wanted a different writer and a different director for all of the sequels going forward. And each one was supposed to have 
just Halloween as like the theme is like something happening on Halloween. Exactly. Right. So um, the thing of it is, he uh, and the reason why this feels like a Carpenter film through and through is because he did the music. He did it the same year he was doing the thing. So if you actually you listen. You can tell he did the music too. I mean, it's just obvious. oh yeah. Well, the thing is, uh, if you can, if you pay attention to the music, it has in certain parts of it uh, elements that are very similar to the film, the other film he did that year, The Thing. The music is very similar. I mean, it is different. You know, he is you know uh, partly a musician too, so he didn't you know rip himself off. But it's his style. You could tell. That he was doing the thing, and he was doing music for this probably at the same time. Uh, and another reason why it feels exactly like a Carpenter film is because he got Tommy Lee Wallace to direct it, who was on set with him. He was an assistant director that helped him make the original Halloween. So Tommy Lee Wallace is one of his guys, uh, the cinematographer. Um, uh, I forget his name, but... You know, he's also one of Carpenter's guys. He's done like four of Carpenter's movies uh, all around this time period. So it's like from everything from the music to the cinematography to the director, it's a fucking Carpenter movie. Now, through and, and through. And you, and you mentioned that Tom Wallace working on uh, that. He also worked on not only just Halloween, he was on The Fog. He worked on Assault on Precinct 13. He oh, worked on right. Big Trouble in Little China. So, yeah, he's got a long history with. So, yeah, they're they're right. They're on the same wavelength by this point. Absolutely, and because they're making films together, uh, it, it's it was like a no-brainer for Carpenter to say, "Listen, I want this guy to do it." And the studios said, "Okay, you're you know, we trust you." And the thing of the thing of it is, this film was panned so hard by critics, and oh, sure. even even more by fans of the franchise. Because no Michael Myers, they were livid. And mm -hmm. to this day, a lot of those fans still are. But anyone that has a forgiving heart has to realize that this is a, this is a really good movie. Well, yes and no. No, no there, there's, <laughs> yes more, no. there's more good than bad. There really well, no, is. There's, there's a lot going on, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like... You you, you, you kind of wonder if the movie had done well, we maybe they would have done the anthology idea of different oh, Halloween yeah. type films, and Definitely. maybe we wouldn't have had to deal with five more Halloween re, uh, sequels. Yeah, jeez. And and yeah. and maybe and maybe the the remake by uh, oh the uh, Rob Zombie. Thank you, Rob Zombie. Uh, maybe maybe they wouldn't have descended into madness like they did. It would have been a bit more closer to home because it would have been less that he had to worry about. Uh, you know, it's 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 one of those what ifs. That's it's yeah. really interesting. Uh, and even like like at the beginning of Halloween three when they're advertising the masks and it, it's the it's the big Halloween three. You know, <laughs> they show them. It's like right in the film. This is Halloween three. This is it. I mean, uh, right. the Trinity right there. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, they, they kind of embedded Halloween three into the film in more ways than one. Two more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Uh, <laughs> ah! <laughs> London Bridge is falling down. I also heard. 
I also heard that they used London Bridge because it was public domain, and they sure. weren't they they weren't going to get sued. <laughs> oh, um, uh, I just and and it's catchy too. I mean, because you know it, so once you hear oh, yeah. it, it's stuck in the back of your head, and uh, I mean, it just it stays with you after you watch that film, especially the ending. That that little theme stays with you for the rest of your life. Oh, you yeah. know it. It's not like a Miracle Mile type ending, but it will stick with you forever. And and, and uh, the voice during the commercial, hi, boys and girls. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm kind of upset that that's just the voice of the writer-director, Tommy Wallace, because I'm watching, I'm thinking, wow, it was inside of them. Like, they get somebody that sounds like a child molester to make this even creepier. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, it was just the director. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> get your mask, uh-huh. boys and girls. Get them and come closer to the TV. Closer. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I love the commercial, too, with, like, the kids, like, the floating heads. <laughs> it's like, it's just, like, children's heads floating. And then there's, like, a skull mask on them or jack-o'-lantern or a witch. <laughs> uh, now, 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 the film opens up. Yeah, I'm sorry, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to, a little uh, factoid about the masks. There was a uh-huh. factory that they all of the scenes inside of the factory where they make the masks. That's a real uh-huh. uh, factory that makes Halloween stuff, and I actually uh, read that if anyone had, uh, because they actually made a third mask just for the movie, and it was a jack o' lantern one. But all of the scenes in the movie that uh, took place in the factory where they're making them. They said that if you have a mask, uh, one of those three masks, uh, even now, because they sold two of them uh, just across the country, uh-huh. that if you have any of the three, that they were probably made during the making of this movie, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, so when you see at least two of the three, the jack-o'-lantern one and the skull one, those were real mass-produced masks that anyone could buy at any time. And then, of course, they added the jack-o'-lantern one when they were making the movie. So right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Speaking of the masks, I'm going to fast yeah. forward to the most unbelievable aspect of the film. Okay. It's it's when Tom can Atkins... I, can I fast forward to the most the funniest part of the whole film? No, <laughs> in, I just in my started. Opinion? No. All right, go, go ahead. Because the but, scene's coming up. That's why I was going to mention it. Tom Atkins is tied to a chair... Yeah. With the skull mask on. And he takes it off of his head and with his hand strapped to his sides, tosses it onto the security camera. Whoosh. <laughs> so that the eye holes are like that. Ooh. <laughs> Perfect. And immediately I called, bullshit. Bullshit. No, no, no. It's like 30 feet in the air. You have to angle it just right. And those things, they're not like a, it's not like a hat. They got the flaps on the back. Now, I call bullshit on this. IMDb, somebody put down that it took over 40 takes for them to get it. It's like, no, no, no. It took 40 takes until they said, listen, fuck this. We'll just clip it together. We don't have to show it. (laughs) No fucking way. 40 takes that Tom Atkins get that. 400 takes. He's not getting that mask on top of the security camera. Plus, I don't think it was. Yeah, no, no, no bullshit. (laughs) They just cut away. If if they took forty takes and he got it, they're not cutting away before before he does it. No. Right. Some people are gullible. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's it's okay. 
But uh, what were you saying about funniest part of the film for you? All right. Uh, Ellie's father. She's one main one of the main characters uh, in the film. Yes. She, with Tom Atkins, she goes. To she's try the and only. Find out. She's the only woman in the film that is petite and dainty, and not like a uh, a slightly overweight uh, middle aged matron. <laughs> well, true. It, which, you know, <laughs> after like the fifth or sixth female you meet, it's like it becomes blatantly obvious they didn't hire anybody that weighs fifty pounds within her range. This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the scene is on now uh, where her father, uh, well, it happened already, where he ends up at the, at like that garage and, and that, that poor black man has to deal <laughs> with his shit. <laughs> and the next shot is him taking him to the hospital and he's all there nervous and he's like, you know, uh, mom, you know, my mom always told me that you got to you know, you gotta uh, do for others and all that. And he's like, "Can I go now?" Because the whole time I'm thinking, it's he's like, "I just want to make sure you you motherfuckers know I didn't do this shit." Yeah, <laughs> and that's what. And, and I even like the part where he says, "You know, you gotta help people, be there for people." There's like a pause, unless there's trouble. There ain't gonna be no trouble, is there? Right. Because <laughs> I I, I had the I recognized. I, I ain't way. going to the fucking clink for this shit. No. <laughs> Because even at, they have two shots of him, okay, or three, the him going, there's not going to be any trouble. I can leave, right? <laughs> and then there's another shot of him when the doctor says, uh, I don't see why not, Tom Atkins. And then there's a shot of him going like, all right, I think I'm in the fucking clear. <laughs> and then there's another shot of him like running down the hallway. It's like, dude, you didn't do anything. But I understand. I truly understand. And this is 1982. <laughs> Old white guy stumbles into my garage, starts dying. They're going to blame this shit on me. I can't and go I, back to the prison. <laughs> I, I, wish they had, I, I wish they had cut away when the, um, the, the one enforcer, whatever you want to call them, pours gasoline on himself in the car and sets himself right. on fire. I wish they had cut to, cut to uh, the, the uh, gas station attendant in his car driving away with it happening in the background like in his real view mirror it's like i fucking knew it <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker blaming me for that shit if i wasn't already out of here <laughs> now i i had to look him up because and they don't really give his name i mean i i if they did i missed it but his name in the film is walter smith that's what it is in the credits oh, wow. and i had to look him up because i recognize him i've seen him in something before yeah he was and, recognizable yeah but i i everything i'd read that he's in it's like it doesn't ring a bell, so I probably just saw him and it's like it's stuck in my brain. But what I love is he was in Cutter's Way, which is one of my favorite films. I love that movie. And in it, he's black number one. <laughs> when they were still allowed to do shit like that. <laughs> not even black. Not even black man number one. He's just black number one. <laughs> and in, in the Incredible Hulk TV show, he played Cook. Oh, yeah, I can now, see that. I don't know if that if he was a cook or just that was his name. Uh. Well, yeah, true. No, I, I bet he was just... He's like in the kitchen and as a Hulk is destroying a diner. He's like, motherfucker. Now, look, <laughs> looking at this, Halloween 3 is like... Is like uh, out of the dozen appearances he made uh, up to Halloween 3, it's only the second time he's had a character with a last name. Oh, really? Everybody else is Blade's friend, cook, uh, servant, <laughs> George. <laughs> so that's... <laughs> now, the scene uh, of where the 
the one guy, one of the henchmen for Cochran. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. What? Uh, real quick, though. We, and we get to see him again at the end when Tom Atkins stumbles into the same garage. And then just as he's walking off camera, you hear, I recognize you. <laughs> as he's just handing out candy to kids. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's a wonder he's not tackled on a daily basis. It's just around children, around dead guys, guys that are almost dead. It's just crazy. But anyway, the, kids, the, the, kids' heads rotting and exploding in my garage. Now they're definitely going to blame this one on me. Motherfucker. I, I cannot skate too many times with this shit. <laughs> they're going to think I did it one time or another. The whole um, just be from his view. It, the whole great. movie should just be him. You know? Now the scene is where the one of the henchmen goes in and kills Ellie's father by grabbing the bridge of his head, basically his uh -huh. nose and skull, and it just it just makes me wince. I'm like, ow, oh, it's a skull ow. Crush. Yeah, it's um, well they have the one shot where it's he's lifting up his nose and it's almost it's like it's separated from his skull but still inside oh. the skin. It's just like <laughs> ow. If, if I can give a, a brief, brief overview of the plot, as we mentioned, it opens up with a, uh, an, an older man clutching a Halloween mask, staggering to a, a gas station where a bunch of guys in suits are trying to kill him. Right. Uh, he's then rushed to the hospital where our alcoholic doctor, Tom Atkins. Which I don't buy for a fuck. I, I buy that he's an alcoholic. I buy that. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me. You scared me for a second. Like, come on. I, I, I buy that he's a womanizer. Uh, I I I I'd buy that he's a Dennis Farina body double. I'd <laughs> uh, I hell I'd even buy if he just managed to somehow be a cop all of a sudden in this movie. I'd buy that. But doctor, no, maybe a malpracticing doctor. <laughs> but that's it. That's a given. I I don't buy that he's a doctor for one. I buy that he went to medical school and didn't tell anyone he failed. <laughs> <laughs> and he just got to become a doctor in some shit town. I buy that. I, I do like the fact that when they, when we first meet him, he's dropping his kids off at his ex-wife's house. The right. kids are ignoring him. His wife obviously hates him. And then he's like, oh, I have to go to the hospital. Like, oh, and drunk too, I see. It's like, she has no problem with him driving drunk with the kids in the car. Mind. No, he right. dropped off the kids or he, bring, he brought presents. Never mind. No, he can't. But, he showed you know, up. Just, yeah. And and, um, and it, when he mentioned that, I was like, okay. She's called him drunk. He's an alcoholic doctor, but we'll kind of forget about that. Yeah. They they go. They also have him, but they they follow up. They continue with the alcohol thing to an extent where it's like it's almost like you wonder if how far they were going to take it because uh, next day well, they, he's at a bar. Well, then yeah. when he goes on the road, he's on pay the phone, phone to uh, he's on the <laughs> phone at the payphone, and when he finishes, he's got a six pack of beer waiting on top of the car for the right. road trip. Yeah. And then once they're in stra the strange town trying to track down this mystery, uh, of course he takes a trip to the liquor store and shares a bottle with a hobo. Say, hey, buddy, I know, I know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> All right, total, total alky. I get it. Now, and you mentioned womanizer, and that's the, the other genius part of this character because, All right, so he's a, he's a doctor in the hospital that they bring this uh, old guy to, older guy, gentleman to that they were that the student guys were trying to kill. He's right. on duty the night he's killed. That's the end of his involvement with it, but he happens to see the uh, the daughter. She's a nice piece of ass. 
sees her at the hospital. Then apparently he went to the funeral too, which I don't know how often doctors do that, and saw her there. And then she goes and finds him at the local bar. Right. Now, he's a doctor, has no connection to this guy or her. She, she shows him like a calendar that says, hey, he was picking up masks two days before he died. That has to be a connection. He's like, yeah, let's do a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, he's as old as her father, but she don't care. Because he and could you know, tell she's a piece of ass. And, and also, I, I do want to underline something that they kind of make it like it's a big road trip when they leave to go to this to where the master bee made. Right. But if the, if the guy, if he ran away on foot from the mask company to the garage where he was attacked... And then from there, he was taken to the closest hospital. That would be where they were. Right. And that can't be it's, more than a 20-minute drive. Well, it's interesting that you say that because... It's not a drive. Well, b because b right before, when she's talking about this factory, she goes, oh, yeah, it's real close. It's not that far from here, she says. And then the next day when they're on this road trip... They're like, oh, you go here, then you make a right there, and then you go there, and, and then you go down this road, and you're right. They kind of make it like it's this long trip, and it's, she just says in the scene before, it's really close. <laughs> it's really, it's it's within uh, ambulance drive visit uh, right. distance, but it's far enough away that we need we need to get a hotel room. So so here's what I'm getting at: the only reason this guy is involved in this up until a certain point. Is because he's gonna get laid. <laughs> he's which banging the orphan. This which, this is which, orphan yeah, banging territory. This, this, all that's this what drives most men. <laughs> so uh, men, so men will do stupid things and put themselves in stupid danger for the chance at a piece of ass. I I, I noticed that you need a new daddy now. <laughs> you know, it's just you know I and, I for the brief moment I I did know your father a little. <laughs> It was brief, but I felt like I felt like I've known him all my life. <laughs> I and it, I can even like just all this stuff. I can see, you know, him t like the scenes they cut out. Where it's like, yeah, uh, we we should get a hotel while we're there. But it's like a fifteen minute drive. No, no, no. We we really should commit to this. We'll stay there undercover kind of thing. You know, like well, well, I know we should pretend we're husband and wife. It's just what the fuck. Well, well in in his defense, he does initially say to get two rooms, and then that goes out the window. No, somewhere, no, no, no. somewhere on the drive down, he's like, "Fuck that shit." No, no, no. All right, dude. No, no. They're they got the room. They're in the hotel room, and he's like, "Uh, we I can get a different room." Which is like, "Do you want me to leave?" That whole scene right there is it's oh, like, no, okay. Three steps to augering his tongue down her throat. No, no, no. I get it, that. I'm just talking about like two scenes prior when they're coming up with this master plan to go down there. He says yeah. they're going to get a couple of rooms, but what I'm saying is on the drive down, he's like. Fuck that. <laughs> He's like, no, 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 I'm going to get one room, and then I'm going to do some shit. I'm going to convince her. Because <laughs> she says, he says, well, you know, I can sleep in a car. And she's like, he goes, it better be than better than this floor. She's like, well, uh -huh. where do you want to sleep? And he goes, that's a dumb question. <laughs> and he comes over. It's like, first of all, no. <laughs> Sorry. No. I, I challenge I challenge you to a movie based on how she looked when uh, when you challenged me to Going Ape a, a, uh -huh. a long time ago and it was I challenged you to Heavy Metal because I felt that she looked exactly like the one character uh, the animated character in the second to last one 
uh, uh, cartoon, which was like the secretary that got sucked up into uh, into space. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that challenge. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Have you seen what she looks like now? No, I did not. Unrecognizable. Look. So much work as she's had done. Yeah. It's it's just not a new story, you know. It's it's. I, I would like them to see. I would like to see them remake this and ma- make it so that he has he doesn't believe for a second that there's anything weird going on, and that he, he doesn't really care. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get laid. I get get a hotel room for a couple of nights. We'll play Scooby Doo. Then eventually she'll get <laughs> bored. We'll get tired. She'll get tired. We'll you know. And then and then I can wash my hands of the whole thing. You know, no strings attached. I mean, they're close enough. They could have stayed at his ex's house. Really, they didn't need a hotel room. Oh, yeah. And and so I, they and they should have just like played along. Where like, I mean, just just take it that much further, where he doesn't give a shit about anything until like maybe he like stumbles into like the the wrong room at the factory. He said, "Oh, I just need to use the bathroom." So, Holy shit! There is this conspiracy here. God damn it! It'd be funny if they ended up out there and they just ended up going apple and pumpkin picking instead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and then three days later, all the kids are dead. What? That was yeah. weird. Oh man, what's going on? Including my creepy children, <laughs> which is the uh, the actor that I challenge you to this is this his son in this movie is uh, Joshua James Miller or whatever the kid from Near Dark and whatnot. Uh huh. So yeah, I didn't realize how young he was in this movie because he only did Near Dark like what five years later. So he's only like maybe seven in this, but. And then I found out that he his father is John Miller, who played the priest, Demi, or Father uh, Karras, in The Exorcist. Oh, okay. I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that was his dad. And then I also found out that, because I'm doing all this homework, that Jason Patrick, you know, the actor from Lost Boys and, uh, uh, and whatnot, yep. Narc, and all that, that's also his dad. I was like, holy oh, okay. shit. I, I was just like, this. Weird. it's just it's weird when, when I get into these uh, cycles where it's I'll click on someone and it'll say brother of, sister of, related to, and then I'll click on and then I'm just in this fucking endless spiral of it's like, wow, I, it just, I, and then I can't get out of it. <laughs> like a job will literally have to come in and be like, shit, I need to leave. And then you hit <laughs> Kevin Bacon and you stop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's got to be a new six degrees of so-and-so. He's been six degrees of, of everyone for like the last twenty years. Oh, I know. Well, just because he's been in so many movies, you, I, I don't know. It's just kind of cool. I, it is cool. Like, yeah, but there's got to be somebody now, new at this point. The the uh, the horror aspect of the film, besides besides this creepy uh, alcoholic doctor hitting on um, a newly orphaned young woman woman, mm-hmm. yes, is uh, is the whole thing where these masks are actually. Uh, a, a vast, uh, what would you call uh, Irish witch plot? Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, to just to with uh, modern technology uh, infused in there, which is always fun. Always fun, <laughs> kind of like Doctor Doom, to uh, sacrifice sure. millions of children uh, on Halloween Eve uh, because they they put little microchips and then they t- took slivers from the uh, from the Stonehenge. Stonehenge. That's right. Because that's magical rock. And so when they watch it, it causes magical things to happen. You'll to their never head. believe how we got it here. And we're not going to tell you either. <laughs> no, he didn't say it. I don't think he said. No, he said. He said. Uh, he didn't say we wouldn't believe it. He said, oh, said we, we had. Ha- a, 
we had a hell of a time or something like something along those lines. Uh, oh, it was we had a we had a time getting it here, I tell you. And and well, didn't he say? And you wouldn't believe it? Didn't he say something like that? I, I remember. All I remember is the first part. It says, "Oh, I'm we almost had positive." A time. He said, "We had a time getting it here, and you wouldn't believe it." <laughs> it's like, okay, I you're not going to tell me, are you? <laughs> I don't remember that part. Um, but what I did like that in the opening when uh, Black Number One is at the uh, get garage. He's watching TV, and there's a news story about uh, somebody stole a piece of Stonehenge. <laughs> it's just <laughs> missing. <laughs> so, uh, that's not going to turn up later in the film, is it? No, no. But I saw that, and I'm like, well, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. They do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the old man from RoboCop, he's uh, stealing and Stonehenge. And the only thing you ever see on television is the Stonehenge news report, uh, the the Halloween commercial, and Carpenter's Halloween, which they That's play right. a couple times. A couple of times. And Jamie and Lee it, Curtis uh, has her cameo as the operator on the phone. And she also is the announcer talking about curfew. Curfew, everyone, you mm-hmm. know, go home. That's her on there too. So uh, her and Carpenter are tight. I mean, he got her to do the um, the. Uh, in Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., they both films open up with a narrator talking about, you know, the perimeter around you know Manhattan Island and all that, and then they talk about the same thing with L.A. Both Jamie Jamie Lee Curtis, mm-hmm. so so I you know I'm sure that she uh, when she was asked to do Halloween H2O, which was her return into the Halloween franchise, you I, I would imagine that she probably talked to Carpenter and said, should I do this piece of shit? <laughs> And he's like, listen, we're good. <laughs> Just take the check. Yeah, I'm getting royalties. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Hey, Although what, it, it wasn't that it what wasn't it, that bad. It was bad, but not that bad. What are, they, what are they gonna do? Ruin it more? Come on. <laughs> and the way they, they end that, and the way they end that one, it's just like, okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> I, I will be honest. I have very little recollection of any of the Halloween movies besides one and three. I don't think I've seen half of them. I don't think I've seen two at all. I, 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 I know I've seen two. I just don't remember jack shit about it. Uh, I know. I, then, I don't think. I don't think I've ever seen the second one ever. Um, uh-huh. Seen the first one. Seen the third one countless times, but I don't think I've ever seen the second. I've seen a part of the fourth film. And then I don't think I've ever I don't think I've seen any of them past that. I, I, I think I'm the same way. I think I saw part of four as well. I've never seen H two O. I've seen um, the ending to H two O, that's it. And you know what? For just for fun, sometime, just like bring up a list of all the Halloween films, and if they're not in chronicle chronological order, I defy you to put them in proper order. Because once you get past four, they just start fucking with the names. Four, five. It's like, oh, just, uh, now it's the resurrection. Now it's this. Now it's uh, a curse. And I, they, they they drop the numbers to try to fool people. And then, so now I just can't keep track of the last two, three or four of them. Yeah, no, that's true. Now uh, it was the sixth film or the fifth film that has some underground or bootleg uh, like director's cut that they said is supposed to be pretty good, but it's yeah, actually not. Yeah, I, I thought it. I, someone posted a copy of that uh, last week, and I tried to get it, but it was it wasn't a complete copy. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, it's, like, okay. it's like the producer's cut. That's right. Yeah, that's it's it's floating around there somewhere. I'm looking I for ha- it. I think I have it somewhere. And and then, but then I'll have to watch like 
the movie itself, and then I'll have to watch it again. So well, I'm, yeah. you know, I, don't, I don't know if I'm up for that. You know, it's funny. The woman that uh, she walks by Tom Atkins, she's like, I got to stay in this dump again, like at the hotel. <laughs> That's Tom Atkins' wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> and what's funny about that is later on, when she's getting her face, like, blown off with this little microchip with the misfire, he's doing it with the hot Ellie, and she says to him, what is that? And he's like, who cares? It's his wife <laughs> dying in the next room. <laughs> I thought that was funny. See, now, in the movie, it should have been his ex- actual ex-wife. Well, yeah. His, or, or like his, his movie wife. I mean, they can remake this and just take that character on a down, down, down a much darker path. I, right. I really, I really would like to see that. You know, they they really don't play up as much on the fact that he was taking advantage of this this poor young, emotionally distraught, confused girl. <laughs> look at look at her on the bed. She's like, where where would you like to sleep? And he's like, fucking. That's a really fucking stupid question. That's. A- <laughs> Look at him. I'm surprised he wasn't holding a beer right before he kissed her. <laughs> he should have been. <laughs> there should be empty beer cans all over that place. Come on, baby. You never had it so good. <laughs> uh, after he nailed her, he should have just called it a night. <laughs> it's like, we're leaving. Well, now, yeah, but, I mean, you got you to sleep it off. and then. Well, yeah. Yeah. You can. I could they drive in the town too. It's like the 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 sign said welcome. It said welcome. Later, you know, there's people are chasing him down. It, it's it's a pretty standard uh, movie shtick. Uh, drive into the town and uh, oh, uh, you know, it's, it's a company town. Everything's weird. I mean, uh, what, what you call it? The stuff. Mm-hmm. And even Return to Salem's Lot. You got that same kind of feel to it. Oh yeah. It's pretty these, standard like, for that time. These little hick type towns, you know. And Carpenter, he 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 really likes these um, these really uh, like uh, really rural type towns to film in, you know. Cause they got a lot of like bones to them, you know, character. So that's like in Escape from New York, um, when he did that, he went out to like a, I believe it was in Pittsburgh. It was definitely Pennsylvania. It was like a ghost town. It was a town that got that got burnt down, and it never rebuilt itself. So we went in there. They they screwed around with the buildings. They left a lot of them as is because they were all fucked up. And he just went in there with a hose and wet the streets real nice so that the the camera the the lighting would 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 hit off the ground real nice. And that's that's a big part of Escape from New York, is like in this rural town that they just redid for the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was already destroyed, so it, it was perfect. I, I've got a, I've got a question regarding um, the uh, Dan O'Hurley's character, uh, yeah. Connell Cochran, the uh, the bad guy, uh, the 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 who would later go on to run OCP. Yeah, and RoboCop. Yes. Um, also known, it, uh, his billing in that is the old man. Oh, and that's RoboCop. His, that, that's his name in RoboCop, the old man. Right. <laughs> it should be in every film. He's an old guy. Which, um, I mean, at the time, I think he was only 68 years old <laughs> when he did that, that movie. That counts he was, as old. He was, well, kinda. He was barely cracking 60 when he did this. He's but the dead, white by hair. The way. It lived yeah, to a, a nice, ripe old age of 85. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, here, here's my question. When, when, when they uh, take the tour with. Uh, uh, oh, with. Yeah. Um, 
the Kirby, Kirby or the Kubas or whatever the fuck they're. Yeah, he, he he plays he plays like the Buddy uh, and Little Buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think he's probably spent his entire career playing the like the uh, the goofy middle-aged husband with the yeah. checker jacket. Sure. I mean, he has a whole closet full of them. Uh, but they're describing. Uh, he's like, oh, you don't know about uh, Connell Cochran? Is how he's famous. Uh, and like, and this is when they're in the room with all the uh, the little automatons, the toys. So yeah, he was a he invented the practical joke. He was a huge practical joke maker. Say, like, oh, and he made toys too. And like, and I just can't help but feel that the focus should have been on the toy maker aspect. Because yeah, yeah. because okay. When he reveals what's happening, and then and uh, Atkins says, "Ah, oh, yeah, a big practical joke." It's like, not really. It's mass murder. It's genocide in a sense. That's not really funny. Well, he's like, I, it's a big practical joke on the children. <laughs> but but even then, it's it's like it's it's not a practical joke. It's sacrifice. It's wick. It's it's ritualistic pagan sacrifice. What she admits. And yep. he's and he has these giant robots he's created, like Gearworks inside, Clockwork Toys, men, so to speak. All of that, none of that, really connects to me with. Oh, and he invented the whoopee cushion. <laughs> I, it, it, it just seemed like a weird background thing to harp on when you've got so much going on with uh, ancient mysticism and you know robot men. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'll give you a, that. It was a weird stretch. Yeah, okay. Here's another thing for you. Uh, when Atkins escapes, and he plays the, his little own little practical joke where he gets the, uh, the 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 mask chips with the pieces of the Stonehenge in them. Right. And he and he turn and so and he has the box. He's gonna throw them down. He he sneaks up to the control panel. And he like he just hits like twenty buttons. Apparently, out of nowhere, this is a doctor. Suddenly, he knows how to call up a, a television commercial on this lab equipment on a loop, <laughs> just out of nowhere. It's true. He just runs up, click, 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 dial, 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 and then the commercial comes up. So, how the fuck did he know how to do that? Well, maybe uh, before it he was became almost a, a, a doctor. No one's listen. I'm not buying the doctor aspect. I'm not buying that one either. <laughs> I agree with you. There's no fucking way. It's like I'm gonna. But again, yep. now, boop, 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 boop. okay, done. No. But, but again, we don't know that he was a good doctor. I'll buy that he wasn't a good doctor. I told you, I'd buy that he him being a malpracticing doctor. He he he, he went to he went to work drunk. He's one of those doctors that, you know finger bangs his patients when they're under or feels them up somehow like that's the type of doctor he is he just hasn't gotten caught yet of course he is because he just he just fucking he he sexed the orphan like less than a week after her father died taking her on some wild goose chase to find her his killers come on of that's right. course he's of course he's banging the comas toast patients <laughs> that's, I, what, I, I, that's I, what we call the long game <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the scene after the father's killed where, where Atkins is sitting on his desk trying to talk to his ex-wife. You know, the little ex-wife humor where she just won't listen to him. And because right. there's, there's a cop, there's like a, a firefighter or was it a uh, was it a fireman or a cop? I think it was a firefighter. And he, he's standing there with a cup of coffee. Right. 
And and like after like a couple minutes of just his wife not listening, ex-wife not listening, he looks at the guy and the guy just like shrugs like, hey. A <laughs> <laughs> little male bonding moment. Yeah, women. And uh, okay, hold on a second. Do we hit the bar scene yet or are we past that? Uh, where she recruits him to go to this small town? Yeah. Oh, way, way past it. They're already in the town. All right. Okay. Most bizarre fucking bar in the world. If you pay attention to that scene, the bartender's got a kid's cartoon playing in the background. Yep. And he then, has to pay, basically beg him to put on sports. Like, what kind of bar is this? Yeah, he's got a kid's cartoon playing in the background. He's wearing this, like, weird mosaic shirt. And in the background, there's, like, classical works of art. There's And there's, there's like, murals and shit. <laughs> Where is this fucking bar? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, it's like why, when they close up on him at the bar, it's like, I swear, that's the Queen of England behind him. <laughs> like riding a pony or something. Is what the fuck is this doing in a bar? It's classy this bar. Supposed to be like like you know baseball sh- cards and shit. But the fucking or like ears. But uh, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It, it's one of the little things I love about films from this time period is that it's that like just there's such oddities that take place in the films like the weird bar that you wish they went on further with. Or, or having um, uh, the black garage owners like he's popping up in places, and they they, they never run with it because they just didn't, they don't notice at the time that this is the most interesting part of the film. Yeah, true. That is that is true. Uh, here's the scene where he's uh, about to have sex with her. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I could get another room. I, I could, but I'm not. <laughs> Like he had her like whole boob in her mouth in that scene. It's like wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like, no, 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 no. like good for it. you, dude. <laughs> Although you don't get to see Tom Atkins' face, so it could have been Dennis Farina. We're not sure. But but you do get <laughs> to see his ass. That's yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, one of those classic uh, film. Yeah, as a uh, matter of fact, je- uh, it's coming up now that we get to see his it's, ass. It's one of those classic. Uh, let me put my jeans on without any underwear scenes. I wonder how his wife felt uh, about him sucking on her boob. <laughs> I bet she had no idea that it, that was going on. And he, <laughs> and he threw in the line when she's dying in the next room of, who cares? <laughs> it wasn't until later that they went to the premiere. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> really, Tom? Yeah, they're melting my face off today. What are you doing in your scene? Oh, nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing. Don't even just, bother coming to set. Just you don't. glorious no. breasts in my mouth. I, I did <laughs> read that that was, that was the first scene they shot together when they made the film. And they they had hardly even met before filming. Oh, really? So, like, their first scene together, they, they didn't even really know each other. They, you know, she was hired right away. Uh, and of course she uh, was. And Carpenter apparently loved her on the spot. And uh, Who would So, their, their first time they met, it's like, okay, now we get to have sex. It's amazing that she didn't go on to become a bigger star. I mean, she's not a bad actress. Uh, she's good looking. It's just I, I, I wonder what happened. Where she just she did Going Ape, she did this, and a couple of other things, and that was kind of it. So, well, you know, she did she did TV and uh, she was mainly uh, TV, but she didn't go on to do bigger things. I don't know. You know, it's just not every actress can become uh, 
I love that the wife, or Tom Atkins' wife, she's, like, fucking with this, like, little circuit board. Like, she knows what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> it's like, you know what? You deserve a laser beam in the mouth. Um, and, of course, you know the most maddening aspect of that scene for me was, right? Uh, no. Trying to figure out what book she was reading. Oh. <laughs> and I, I could... I could I could tell it was Carlos Castaneda, but they, they didn't show the title. I couldn't get a freeze frame with the title, so I eventually had to look it up, and someone posted it online. It's, it's Carlos Castaneda's uh, book. Uh, oh, what was it? I have I had it here. Uh, the Eagle's Gift. Oh. Now, and uh, Carlos Castaneda was uh, wrote books about uh, Indian shamanism, uh, possibly fraudulent. Uh, so it was a. I, Part of me was like, oh, maybe they're trying to allude to the uh, mysticism with uh, Sam Hain and the Stonehenge. And more likely, Atkins' wife brought the book with her. Uh, yeah, she was probably just really reading that. that that's what I'm thinking. Is like, it probably was actually her book because they didn't show enough of the title for it to be a clever... Uh, you know what? If they're starting a film with a news footage of Stonehenge, someone stole it. And I don't think they're going to be clever enough to try to insert shamanism into the movie by having a book cover in a scene where she gets her face belted off. That's not happening. You, you know what's interesting? I'm going to look it up because I can. I'll look up Tom Atkins because they always list you know, uh, when, who they're married to and how long they were married. It would be interesting to see if, if it says Tom Atkins married 1972 to 1982. <laughs> I, don't think he's, I don't think they're married anymore. I think she is a former wife at this point. Let's see. Uh, Janice Lee Rogers, March 1986 to present. So, Stevens. Stevens is his original one. wife. So, if he got married again in 86, because it has question mark, question mark, doesn't know when he got married <laughs> and when they divorced. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It's like his, his current wife is like, uh, March 15th, 19, down the exact day, his first wife. Eh, kind of foggy. I, 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 I bet know. it was sometime in 1982. <laughs> I, 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 I know exactly when they were married before Halloween 3, and yeah, they were right. divorced after Halloween 3. That's right. <laughs> what else do you need to know? Uh, oh, I'm looking at his bio. It says his favorite of all the movies he has worked on is Night of the Creeps. Where he played a cop. Which he played a cop. Which I you believe. Know you know what? That's... <laughs> That's my favorite Tom Atkins film. I love him in that. That's a great movie. Thrill it is me. really good. Thrill oh, that me. is a great fucking film. That is, you know, it. Night of the Creeps is the most bizarre thing in the world. Technically, I know technically it's supposed to be an homage to like 50s science fiction horror films. Mm -hmm. But really what it is, it's an 80s horror homage to 80s horror. Yeah. It really is. I mean, if you... Ignore the fact that, you know, the whole 50s flashback beginning. It really is an homage to horror films of the past five years. <laughs> <laughs> and it still works. It really <laughs> does. I mean, it, it, what was it made? 80, 85 86. or 87? 86. Was it 86? Well, that's what it says. I, you know, that's that's what I see. Then 86. it is. No. They, they... Um, but I, it's such a great film just because of that weirdness to it. It's, oh, yeah. You know. Every single character has like a horror film director's name, and <sighs> just fucking great film. Uh, now again, there's one where they they took the, his character all the way to the you know they didn't like half-ass it like in ha Halloween three. I mm -hmm. mean you know he's 
know, when the kid comes to the door, he's already he's got the door duct tape shut. He's got, he's killing himself there. He's loading the shotgun. Right. You know what <laughs> I did? Killed him, buckwheat. You know, just kidding. <laughs> or, uh, spanky, spanky, alfalfa. I forget. Um, he, he's a he, Tom Atkins is a great actor. I, I he's a great personality. So when when you give him a role that's got some teeth to it, he really just, you know, he's memorable. Oh, I uh, definitely. That's you know, and I make jokes about him being like a Dennis Farina lookalike, but you know, or stunt double, I mean. But it's it's kind of true. <laughs> Growing up as a kid, not that I couldn't tell them apart. Wow, that truck just ran that stop sign. Um, <laughs> he just ran right because th- it's like they're on set. It's like no one's coming. <laughs> and they know it. It's like he just ran the stop sign. Um, no, but it's 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 always uh, he's always been that actor along with Dennis Farina. It's like I always think as a kid. I don't not now, but as a kid, I always for a split second, I'm like, oh yeah, that's not that's Dennis Farina. Oh yeah, that's Tom Atkins. <laughs> you know, they're because they're both similar. They look very similar. They both got the dumb mustache. They both primarily played cops. You know. Yeah. That don't play by the rules. Yada yada yada. Of course. But I mean, the the fun thing was watching this for the first. You know, I hadn't watched it in a while. The first uh, twenty minutes of the film, I did not remember. At all. Really? Oh wow! Like the first, like the gas station, the hospital. It's like I don't remember any of this. I, Holly watched it with you and I rewatched I'm telling her, so you know what? I know I've seen this film a dozen times. I don't remember anything before they get to like Crazy Town with the with the mask factory. I, I don't remember any of this. So it was kind of it was like kind of like watching it for the first time. And I maybe that's why it was so fresh. Where, like, you know, hey, he's scamming this chick for sex, <laughs> <laughs> and he's winning. <laughs> he's doing a great job. Uh, and and. I love his and shoulder spo- pads. I think that's what drove her crazy. Yeah, probably. And, spoiler Idiot. alert. Uh-huh. She's dead at the end. Um, he doesn't have to call her. No. No. And, doesn't have and, to call pretty much anybody. <laughs> and This is going to sound pretty cold, cold-hearted, but uh, when the kids go at his house, if, if they didn't get that commercial off in time, uh, they're going to take out the wife. Alimony's taken care of. Yeah, yeah dude. he's uh, He can go on drinking. And you don't have to worry about any more no, <laughs> any more phone calls, like the phone call near the end, uh, is where she just literally acts like a five year old. You're just jealous. It's like je- what? What is going on? I'm telling you to take the kids' masks off. Shut up. He shut actually up. tells her. He goes. He goes. He goes. Sh- shut, shut up. up. Shut up. <laughs> take off the. You're just jealous. It's like what? What? What is this conversation we're having? Jealous of what? <laughs> I I could be a successful doctor if I didn't have you and alcohol (laughs) to ruin my life. You know what's weird? It's like I remember when we talked about Jurassic World and they had the parents at the beginning and and they're getting to get a divorce and the father was a dick. And I'm like, oh, so why does the father always have to be the dick? Very sexist because I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, no, fuck her. <laughs> I don't. It's not not to say. Oh, why does the woman always have to be the? Why does she always have to be the harpy? And he's like the poor. No, like that moment when when the, when him and the uh, the fire guy or the cop just like a hey, what are you gonna do? 
<laughs> like I got, I got sucked right into that. I had no problem with that. Here's what I have a problem with: when he's sneaking in the warehouse and he comes to that phone and he dials her number. Right. First of all, he didn't even have to dial an area code. He didn't even have to dial out. You mean you a factory phone and you don't have to dial nine to get out of there? I come on, dude. In the film's defense, we didn't have to dial a fucking area code ten years ago. Okay, but that's how <laughs> close he is. He could have ran home and took the masks off their heads. That's true. True. I mean, uh, the zip code, uh, the area codes in our state used to be pretty lax. Mm-hmm. Now I got to dial uh, a nine before stuff if I'm at work, and then you got to dial one, and then your area code. It's like Jesus Christ. I used to just be able to type the fucking seven digits, and I was done. Oh, when when the woman's killed at the hotel, and they come out when he's got his guys there wheeling the gurney into their uh, little ambulance to take it off and, and Cochran yeah. saying, oh, we're taking them back, taking her back to the uh, the factory. factory. We have the, st- the state-of-the-art medical facility there. It's like, dude, I'm a doctor. You've got her head wrapped in a sheet. You don't do that with patients that are still alive. What the right. fuck? <laughs> it's like, come on. I'm not a doctor. I know that a head, head sheet over the head means you're not r- rushing her anywhere. Come on, Tom. Get with it. Th- things aren't right here. You've been to the factory, Tom. What the fuck? Did you find a, a state-of-the-art medical facility? No, you did oh, not. Was, I, no, I think that oh, was that, was before, that was before they went to the factory. They're Actually, you're right. They're at the factory now. Now, it was before he went to the factory, but was it after the the hobo warned him of the weirdness? Uh, No. The ho- Yes, the hobo warned him of the weirdness, then she bit it, then they went to the factory. Okay. That homeless guy should have like been at the end. Yeah, right. Him and the black guy. You know, again, <laughs> just, they lost it. just like man, there's some crazy shit going on around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, you know, again, little things. I love the fact that like t- the the hobo accost, accosts Tom right. when he's walking back from the liquor store. Like, ah, I saw your bottle there. I thought it looked a little heavy. And Tom's like, Yeah, I know what that's like. Here, have a swig. And like the the guy drinks his booze and he's talking to him, and then he leaves him, goes back into the the junkyard, and he's got a full bottle of booze. <laughs> the fucker didn't even need the drink. He he's like, oh, but he scammed the, he scammed a swig off of a stranger's bottle when he had a full bottle on hand. Well, that is I mean, dedication. Well, it sure is because to the alcoholic, it's like that's a swig I don't have to take out of my own bottle. <laughs> like, it's an extra a part of swig that- later. There's a part of me that wishes like uh, that. Um, uh, oh, what's his name? Give me a second on that. The uh, uh, the guy that did the what the fuck? The guy that did the um, the the stuff. Cohen. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cohen. Uh, Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen. Thank you. My, my brain was saying Jerry Cohen. I was like, that's not fucking right. Um, <laughs> it, like in some ways, if if Larry Cohen had made Halloween three. Instead mm-hmm. of Carpenter, the home, the bum, and the garage guy would have been involved in the third act. Oh, sure. It, it, the, the, the the hobo would have would, would not have been killed by the, uh, the automatons five minutes later. He'd be like, ah, I know the, I know what's going on here. Get you away from me, you fucking robots! It just <laughs> he would have had like booby traps set. He's like, ah, that's it. We're <laughs> things just escalated. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, that's so right. Where's that guy? No. Bagging on Tom's hotel door, ruining his like you know chances for a third. 
You know, when they ripped like, the hobo's head off, too, it's just like they didn't go through any means to show that it wasn't like latex <laughs> at all. They rip it off, and you see it come up, and you just see like the 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 round like shoulder part of the latex that sits on like the mannequin. It's like, uh-huh. wow, you didn't even try, did you? But but in the long <laughs> shot, the blood goes. Yeah, I did like that though. Or just <laughs> it's just like a little fountain of just. And for a split second, it looked like they were going to sexually defile him first, which I kind of wish they him. had. Well, they're looking at each other go, should we? Should we? Now we're <laughs> late. Well, we're late. They, we got to go. They, they force him down to his knees, and they're on either side of him, like this whole Eiffel Tower thing. It's, it's just like borderline, uh, you know, gay rape <laughs> bang. Borderline. Which, well, it wouldn't have been gay because they were robots. True. That. Yeah. And there's no such thing as a gay robot. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> there would be no such thing as a straight robot either. Prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, unless you're unless you're watching that John Malkovich movie. What was the name of that one? Uh, the one oh, uh, Mr. Right, making Mr. Right. Miss making Mr. Right. Which I've never seen because when that came out at that age, I had no interest. And as an adult, I have no fucking interest. I I that's that was like a Showtime special that was on all the time, and I know um, how it ends. And too. and what and what's her face? Yeah, I've, I've which, seen the ending. I know a, how it ends. It's a stupid yeah. ending. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> and what's her face? The the female the love interest in that film, from what I understand, is the writer of the movie. Except that she didn't go on to be you know uh, as famous and or as uh, written as like someone like. Diablo Cody. <laughs> you would think um, that, uh, like, it, that wasn't and, the first appearance and, of John Malkovich, but and and Magnuson is is the uh, the female lead, and uh, she's not one of the writers. I thought Lori she was. Frank is one of the writers. Maybe now, she's one of the producers. Then I thought she had something to do with that movie. Uh, I don't see. Yeah, I, I don't see anything that Anne Magnuson had to do with, uh, as far as directing or writing or. That's no, interesting. I th- I could have sworn. All. all right, maybe not. I could have sworn that she had something more to do with that movie than just. Your being criticism in it. is unfounded, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. But uh, actually, the, the Laurie Frank who wrote it didn't really do much after that either. So. I guess you could criticize her. Mm-hmm. Making Mr. Right. John Malkovich. Was that Malkovich's first movie? No. I don't no. think it was. No. It's the first thing I ever saw him in. That's why I'm only asking that. Oh, that's interesting. The guy who wrote... Uh, one of the the guy that wrote the, that co-wrote the screenplay, uh, oh, he also God. wrote the screenplay for, for Mindwalk, which I, like I liked. ten-year veteran before he made that movie. Mm-hmm. John Malkovich. He was in a, in a movie called A Wedding, and his credit is Wedding Guest. <laughs> it's almost as bad as Black One. Almost. But it's not. No, it's far worse. It's, no, it's, it's nowhere close to as bad as Black One. Uh-huh. Black number one. He was in The Killing Fields as Al Rockoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this, though. Uh, Making Mr. Right was the first thing that he did that he probably got some recognition for. Uh-huh. 
Well, mainstream. I mean, as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, big big then af- audience. Then after after that, it was you know, Empire of the Sun, Dangerous Liaisons. I feel like uh, I feel like we're 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 slightly off track here. Oh, ever I, so slightly are, off track. I feel. Are, aren't we done? Um. Yeah, I that's feel, what I'm I saying. Feel, so. I feel like I feel like we are. Now here's my question for you. Uh, mm, IMDb yeah. currently has the rating at four point five. It's way too low. I, it's unacceptable. I that's, agree. That's, that's a lot of bitter people. Michael Myers is an idiot. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> I, I think the film. I think the film deserves. Uh, and you know what? I I, I I like the fact that. I wouldn't go it, lower it, than a six. I mean, 1982 was a bit early, but I I think even in in 82, the whole cliche about oh yeah, and the guy keeps coming back like was becoming real a uh, joke mm-hmm. in these slasher f- type films uh, i mean i mean how many what how, what what night what friday the 13th was out by the time in 1982 uh the third one i think because the first one uh, came out in 80 second one they did one a year for a long time i think it was the third okay. film nightmare wasn't until like mid uh mid 80s 80, right 80, 84 the first one came out 84. in 84 so so i mean all right, I mean, so it wasn't as bad as it got like at the end of the '80s when it was a big fucking joke, but you, yeah, it was almost part, like a part three in 3D came out the same year. See, I I, I think they kind of saw that coming. I, I think he kind of note the whole idea that yeah, this is going to become a big fucking joke. No one's going to pay to see the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, I think well, it deserves a star just for the vision of saying, "Hey, let's do an anthology of different Halloween stories and not keep yeah. bringing back the guy in the fucking mask." Well, that's why it took seven years for them to make another Halloween film after this. Mm-hmm. You know, or six years. I think the the next Halloween film came out in '88, so it took uh, a long uh, yeah. fucking time for them to come out with another Halloween movie. '88. That's why the that's why I'll always remember the fourth one as the return of Michael Myers because it took so long for them, them to make another one. And it was the um, ten year anniversary too, so that's yeah, yeah. Um, so all right, so anyway, so I'm saying I, it deserves at least one star because of that. Yeah, I wouldn't go any lower than a six. And know. I wouldn't go any higher than a six. Yeah, although if you, you want, if you tried to talk me into a seven, I probably wouldn't fight too hard. I would. I mean, you know, for, you know, for me, seven is where greatness begins. Seven is where a film is solid. Ten is ten is epic. Nine is fucking amazing. Eight is pretty fucking up there. Good. Yeah. Seven is solid. Good. Anything. Is se- seven is like I. There's problems, but I look past them. Seven that's, is that's hard. Where and seven. Seven is like maybe like the ending sucked. But everything else has to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Seven, seven is is where good was where like, if if someone asked me like what are your what are the like the best films blah blah blah, you, nothing would be under a seven. You know what's a perfect seven? What? Law abiding citizen. Uh, borderline. I think like, law abiding citizen I, is is right. the perfect example of a seven, because that Long ending kiss. is so fucking bad. How about Long Kiss Goodnight? Um. Yeah. Okay. I would, yeah. I, I, see, sure. I'm a, I'm a seven with that. It was fun. It was. It's. A, it's an action film. Now, is it groundbreaking? No. 
but is it sucky? No. So I don't think it deserves a six. Any any film with Claude Van Damme from the 80s and 90s cannot be higher than a six. There's no such thing. <laughs> There's no uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme film higher than six. That's the cut. That is the difference between uh, and that Time includes, Cop. That includes Time Cop. <laughs> right. So that's the Time Cop is six. Uh, Long Kiss Goodnight is seven. That's what the difference is right there. Okay. Halloween three definitely couldn't be a seven, but I'm I'm with you. It doesn't deserve a five, just because it, it really tried. Oh, I'm all on board with a six for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go six. Six sounds good to me. Twenty six thousand users reviewed it. Uh, oh, geez, that's, that's weird. A demo. Highest the highest uh, percentage for a rating is one. Wow. 16% of people said, I fucking hate this film beyond all compassion. Holy, that is a lot of fucking people that gave it a one. The second highest is, is 12% with a five. So that's interesting. Huh. Um, now, uh, your demo, the lowest demographic is females under 18, uh, average of 2.3, but only eight of them have seen this film and reviewed it or yeah. rated it. Yeah, I see that. I, I don't, I don't, no 18 year old girl should really know what this film exists. I, I will admit that. Uh, as far when you get out of that, uh, the highest demographic is kind of hard to tell. Four point eight. Four? Uh, no, four point six for males and females, older oh, ones. Okay. Yes, yes. Yeah, and the 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 lowest demographic outside of females under eighteen is uh, females aged eighteen to twenty. Young girls should not be watching this film. No. IMDb staff gave it four point eight out of four. Fuck you, IMDb staff. <laughs> really? Four of you got together and said, fuck this film. It's, it doesn't get more than a five. Yeah. No. It's okay. It's okay to, to... Listen. Back when it was released, I can understand... I, I don't agree with it, but I can understand that people might have been disappointed in this because they... You know, it's not like the you know social media and internet today. You know everything about it before it's released. Back then, there was still kind of, you know, the secrecy when movies were released. People were well, like, is Michael Myers in this? Is he not? I don't know. The commercial doesn't if, say. And there's really no way not, for them to tell until they go to the movie. Yeah, if you're not if you're not subscribing to Fangoria magazine, you have no idea what's in this film until you go to see it in the theaters. Right. And, you, I mean, we're talking the 80s right now. It, it, you see trailers on TV. Again, you, you can't look it up on IMDb. You can't watch trailers on YouTube. So people just go to the theater and say, oh, a Halloween sequel, let's go see that. It's, it's actually very feasible for in the 80s to walk into a film thinking you know what it's about and having no idea what it's about. Exactly. So I can see, I can, that, that really, I can see that hurting a film, especially a film like Halloween where the first – it's not like they just had one Halloween and said, okay, now we're going to try something different. You had two that built up this character, and then all of a sudden you just switch gears and said, ah, now we're just going to do something different. Yeah, I think uh, that film, when it came out, it was the number two movie that weekend. Um, I don't remember the movie that was number one, but it quickly fell. Like, the the bottom just gave out on it. It just I, kept dropping. It, it's, it's almost like if they had gotten rid of the Halloween franchise and just called it Season of the Witch, right. it would have done better. Uh I, as a matter of fact, uh, the director, Tommy Lee Wallace, didn't want to call it Halloween. He did want to just call it Season of the Witch. And Good fucking call. 
the studio <laughs> said, no, you have to call it Halloween because we just gave you a shitload of money. Well, not a shitload, two and a half million. But he says, we just gave you money <laughs> to make this movie. It's called. It's going to be fucking called Halloween. And Tommy yeah. Wallace is like, no, it, it, we should call it something else like, like Season of the Witch. And the studio ended up winning. John Carpenter couldn't get him to change their mind, and the director couldn't. So that's well, why it got the title Halloween, even though nobody that. wanted to call it that. This is what happens when you when the studios and the marketing department, uh, you know, make the shots, call the shots. Yep. It's it's the it's the biggest thing about Hollywood. Uh, it's it's an art form that's been turned into a business, and if there's two things that do not mesh together in any sense, it's business and art. Okay, the, it was number two to First Blood open that weekend. Oh, and that's, that's a film nobody knew yeah. about. I mean, that was October. Before. Yeah, October 22nd. Uh, five movies came out that weekend. It was First Blood, Halloween 3, Jinxed, Monsignor, and The Sender. Uh, and The Sender and Halloween 3 were obviously horror movies. Jinx was a comedy. Monsignor was a drama. First Blood was Jinx, an action film. Jinx is vaguely familiar. I know I've never yeah. seen it. Um, but uh, uh, the Sender, I don't recall that. Now another movie that came out the following weekend is National Lampoon's Class Reunion, which I don't think uh -huh. I've ever I've ever seen. You haven't? I don't think I have. That's a great. Um, it, it's a it's a horror comedy. It's right up there with um, Pandemonium. Maybe I have seen it then. It's it's that same kind of feel. You know, I haven't watched that. It made a lot of money. Made seventeen million dollars. Well, you, you know what? I think I think that was a that was a point in time where you could still just put National Lampoon's name on something and everybody would go see it. Yeah. I I think I have it. I nope. I I know I had it at one point. I I grew up again. Movie I should not have grown up watching, but I grew up watching that. I do not have it. I used to have it. What happened to it? Now I need that it. Up. Class reunion. Turn it back the head. Turn it back the hands of time at the class reunion. I don't even. I don't even remember the theme song of it. Yeah. Oh, I think I did see. I think I have seen this. This was like a Cinemax special late night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those ones they played the death to. Lizzie Borden's high, high class of '72 are going through the motions at their tenth year in uh, reunion. Until it's, deranged it's, alum Walter Baylor, driven insane by a sadistic senior year prank, <laughs> escapes. <laughs> oh, okay. someone's got a cop. I'm grabbing that. Um, it's, I think I have seen it. The level of humor, it, literally, it's pandemonium, but maybe slightly less goofy. That That's it. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, yeah. and of course, Garrett Graham's in it, so. Who? Garrett Graham. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Terrorvision. Yeah, yeah, just the name. His name always eludes me. Well, yeah. He's one of the, this movie, The Sender, I've never heard of it. A disturbed telepathic man is able to transmit his dreams and visions into the minds of people around him. I want to say I've seen that. I've never heard of this film. I don't recognize... Uh... Well, okay. Yeah, I've... This is new to me. And the sender made nine hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars. Well, that, maybe that's why I never heard of it. 
Yeah. Mm. I I well, I, I'm not challenging you to the sender. Okay. Uh, this is going to be anticlimactic, but I'm challenging you to, to Coppola's Dracula film. Yeah, well, the the reason why Scott didn't give me a, a chance to guess it is because I kind of knew that it was going to be that. And because, <laughs> Cause, because I, that's because I kind of told him. You want to you explain? Uh, explain no. what? I mean... We, we, something came up, we were talking about films, and, and you said, oh, you know, you've seen uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula by Coppola. And I was like... Eh. And, and, and I mentioned that I've always liked it, and Scott and I was made like, that, eh, he made that eh, noise eh, again. <laughs> he made that noise again, but yeah. Now, to be fair, when I saw the film, I saw it in the theater with Doug and Brian. Uh, I had, I, on two hours sleep, because I was working the post office and the movie theater. Oh, dear God. I just got, I, I, I was... Actually, I had to go to the post office to work after the film was over. So I was, and I, this is when I was actually drinking Nyquil to, to go to sleep because I could. I only had three hours of sleep, so I had to make sure I slept. So I wasn't in a good state of mind. Even then, I didn't like it. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever sat through the film uh, since that theater viewing when it well, came okay. out. So right. I'm going. I'm willing to rewatch it and review it with you here, and it falls within the horror theme for halloween so i figured that would be a good call and it's uh it's one of my wife's she like she loves that movie uh, really a lot yes so she's actually going to watch it with me Uh, oh she she doesn't hard she hardly ever watches these challenges with me because she knows that they're 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 bad in advance and she's like i'm not gonna watch that so uh she uh she said she will watch it with me so yeah holly's got this thing she'll do like if if you know, I, I, the phone will come out and the solitaire will be going, but she's watching it because I'm making her watch it, and I'll keep talking about it so she'll have to look. And that's if she's not interested in it. Uh huh. You know, if it's something like Death Wish, then you know she's a bit more attuned. But uh, either way, I, I'm pretty. She pretty much watches all the challenges to me at this point. So. Well, that's good. That's love right there. That, no, that's hate because then she hates it. <laughs> she has to watch it. So you made me waste two hours on this. Like two wow, hours and because I kept rewinding the one scene. You know, it's it's. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, she should call Mary Ellen and just get some tips on how how to get out of them. <laughs> I think Mary just says no. <laughs> I am pretty sure that's what. No, I gotta watch this movie. You want no? <laughs> yeah, but I didn't finish telling you no. But I'm gonna watch Dracula. Okay, I'll watch Dracula. That's basically you know what, how that conversation she, went. But the, what 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 works is that she has the same kind of humor, sense of humor as I do, and she's like me. She's open to watching almost anything. Well, I that's mean, good. There, there are a couple of areas where our genres veer into territories where neither of us really want to watch what the other person's watching. Like uh, she's really in the Downton Abbey, and I, I don't mind Downton Abbey, but I don't want to watch five hours of it. And she's the same way with some of my, like, uh, she doesn't like um, martial arts films. She really will bail out on. Oh, really? I can't really get her to watch a Jackie Chan film with me to save, you know. I'll watch so, something you know, with you. But there's a lot of gray area in between there where it's like, oh, all right, I'll watch this, I'll watch this. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's interesting. Oh. I'll watch Kung Fu with you. Would you watch Kung yes. Fu with me? <laughs> I would. You know I would. I love Kung Fu. 
Oh, one, one of the first kung fu yeah. movies I ever saw as a kid, and I think it's a Jackie Chan film, but I don't remember. It's the there's one film where the the main the hero he puts his hands up at the sun, and then if he like touched you with his hands, it would burn you. It's I don't think it is a Jackie Chan film, but that was like his special move, where he learned it. He's like he put his hands at the sun. And then he like he'd hit you with his hands, and it'd be like you'd have two burn marks uh, from I, his hands. Like he'd fuck you up, big time. I didn't like I didn't like martial arts films as a kid, so I I don't remember the first one I ever saw. I do remember the first one I ever saw that I liked, and it was Return to the Thirty Sixth Chamber, because that's the one where at the end, while he's fighting, uh, while he's fighting the bad guys, he he ties them together and makes human scaffolding out of them. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. That's how he learned to do kung fu by building scaffolding. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know. I, I, used to, funny. I used to watch Kung Fu every Saturday at 3 o'clock with my dad. No matter what, my dad would always make sure that if he was working, he'd be home at 3 o'clock to watch Kung Fu movies with me. It was on Philadelphia 29, or which would later become Fox uh, Channel 5 in this area, but Fox, uh, before they went um, commercial. Uh-huh. So every 3 o'clock, uh, Channel 5... Fox 29. We used to record them too. And we had, God, easily a couple of hundred kung fu movies, which my dad ended up throwing all those VHS tapes away. And I'm sure some of them are are so insanely hard to get, you probably couldn't. And I had a ton of them. Because that was what they did in the 80s. They played these kung fu movies every Saturday at 3. It was awesome. Every week. Every week. And then I got in trouble for doing kung fu on my sisters, and I used to have to sneak. I used to have to sneak watch it. <laughs> you should never do that. I know I shouldn't, but they were annoying I, me. I I found a copy of the sender. I'm getting that. Oh, cool. Um, and, and and just just real quick, since I mentioned Holly, um, she's catching up on the older episodes. Okay. And she, she just listened to the Poltergeist one. Oh. And. and and she liked the fact that she liked she thought it was funny that I ratted her out about the uh, the rape scene, the ghost rape scene for not oh. being rapey enough. <laughs> this isn't rapey enough. <laughs> That's why I can get her to watch bad movies with me because she That's didn't good. think the poltergeist was rapey enough. <laughs> On That's that note, great. we should let's go ahead and wrap up. Let's go ahead and wrap up. It's not rapey enough. She's not getting what's coming to her. I mean, it's not rapey enough. Exactly. She, she was asking for it wearing that tight little uh, baseball That's shirt. That's right. You know, succubus uh, all over that shit. <laughs> oh. What? Nothing. You okay? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay, good. What? Was it succubus? <laughs> oh. Anyway. All right, everybody. Uh, episode... 187 of Movie Sucktastic. Thank you yet again for joining us. Uh, make sure you go to our website at uh, moviesucktastic.com. Tune in every week at, uh, well, not this week, but every week at Thursdays at 8 o'clock. We're doing this one day early this week. Uh, Scott's I have to go to a poetry reading. You could have just said you were busy. I have to go <laughs> to a poetry reading, Joey. Uh-huh. Uh, you can listen to the show live every week at 8 o'clock on Thursdays. Uh, you can download all the shows there as well. You can listen to the shows there. 
if you want to do it that way. You can go to iTunes.com and you can do the same thing. You can listen to the shows or download them. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash MovieSucktastic. Everything we post there uh, from movie trailers to just our thoughts are on the Facebook page. Uh, you can go to our Tumblr page at MovieSucktastic.tumblr.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 908-514-4470. If you want to email us, the address is TheMovieGuys at MovieSucktastic.com. And if you want uh, to download the free Android app, uh, you can. Just go to the Google Play Store, do a search for Movie Sucktastic, and get that shit. It's totally free, and everything I just mentioned is in it. Yes. Um, and if you just do a generic search in your favorite search engine, Scott likes Google. Google, Google it. Just do a search for Movie Sucktastic, and we are literally everywhere. Uh, you'll find any of that. Uh, and that about does it. You have any wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> yeah, how did he get, like, two channels, two feeds to be removed of the three? He you just know? calls and he's like, he's like, listen, there's some serious shit's gonna go down. You need to just remove all of this. And they're, and they're like, no, we can't do it. He goes, no, you gotta do it. Can you prove it? No. But you gotta do it. And they do it. They do it two of the three. The, the only thing that intrigues me more than, than an alcoholic doctor having that kind of sway over, over television, like uh, networking, is yeah. I want to know what channel didn't pull the commercial because I bet you it was fucking CBS. <laughs> uh-huh. Probably. You know it. You know it. Because, you know, at the and, time, there was probably only like 12 or 13 different channels. Well, as far as three channels, there were, the main channels was three. CBS, NBC, ABC. This is before Fox. Well, you had, Fox uh, you had you had two to two to thirteen. is basically all you had back then. Fox would have run it the next day, covering it in the news. Uh... Yes, all your little bastard children had what coming to them. This commercial killed millions of children yesterday. Wait again. <laughs> all right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, we didn't make it. If you shut up, we would have. The music was just fading out. Every time.